When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Marinero, the sick podcast. Joining me today from RDS, François Gagnon. Comment ça va, mon chum? Très, très bien, merci. Thank you very much. Happy New Year to you and to everybody. All the best to you and yours as well, François. Health and happiness. Those are the two most important things. Uh, it's brought to you, the sick podcast today is brought to you by Cherry River Heart Seltzer. Only 90 calories, natural flavors, no preservatives. Now available in Quebec grocery stores and at the beer store. All right. It is Wednesday. And the, the virtual interviews have started for the Montreal Canadiens. Francois, there's a name that at one point was an interesting name and looked like he could be the GM. And now we're hearing that he's not part of the first round of interviews. I don't know if that means he won't be part of the second round. But if you can confirm, Kent Hughes is not part of the interview process. Well, I don't know. I know for a fact that interviews are going since uh, early on Wednesday. Uh, there was a window a few hours opened. Uh, is it uh, made that window wide enough to make sure that everybody's going to get interviewed in this? That I don't know. I am convinced, convinced that in one way or another, because everything today is done by Zoom, I'm convinced that Kent Hughes at some point will have a conversation with the committee uh, formed by Jeff Molson, Jeff Gorton, Michael Lauer, which is one of the owners of the Canadians, who is the uh, alternate governor of the Montreal Canadiens, and Bob Guinea, who was involved. I'm saying this unless, for some odd reason that I don't know and I'm not aware of, can't use, took the phone and called Jeff Molson or, or Jeff Gorton and said, please, Uh, you know, don't take in, into consideration my candidacy anymore. So unless this happens, I am convinced that Ken Hughes will have an interview, will be meet one way or another by the committee, because for me, he is still in the forefront in that race, a race involving nine or 10 candidates right now. That will be narrowed to three or four, and I believe that he would be in that final three or four if he decided to stay into this race. Francois, I've said this from the beginning. If Kent Hughes wants the job, based on Jeff Gordon's press conference where he talked about hiring someone that has a different skill set than what he does, and he talked about his being evaluation of talent, uh, being an agent, of course, uh, contract negotiations, putting together contracts, player recruitment, knowing the CBA like the back of your hand, all that stuff. I believe that if Kent Hughes wants the job, I believe that's the person that Jeff Gordon would give it to. 
Uh, maybe that Jeff Gorton would give it to, but there's uh, three others members in that committee. And here is where I disagree with you. Okay. First and first, Kent Hughes for me is a great candidate. Uh, he's from Montreal, which is important. Uh, he speaks French, which is essential. Uh, is he fluently French? I don't care. He's from Beaconsfield. Bring him in. Uh, you know, after a couple of weeks, a couple of months, he would be able to speak in French to anybody who would ask him question in French. So for me, the language issue has nothing to bear in this. Now, here where I disagree with you. Tell me. Kent Hughes is a master of negotiations contract-wise. We all agree with that. That's his job. He's an of course. He did it plenty of times with some huge players, Vincent Le Cavalier, Patrice Bergeron. Um, Christopher uh, Latang. Uh, Christopher Latang. Uh, I think he has Matthew Barzol or Anthony Beauvillier right now. You know, the list goes on and on. Yeah. That said, the Canadians already have a, a geek into the CBA, into the numbers. And John Sedgwick. John Sedgwick. Sedgwick has been signed for another three years by Marc Bergevin last Correct. year. Not because Bergevin thought that he would be fired, but because Sedgwick is a great asset for the Canadians. He was brought in Montreal via the NHL. Uh, he knows he knows everything that it needs to be known in all the rules and the, uh, you know, the what you can do, what you can't do. How can you bend the elastic a little bit further down to make sure that you'll be able to go around the cap if you can yes. legally do it? So, you know, they have somebody there that can do the job. So if I may, aspect, if I may, yep. there is a difference. And that is Kent Hughes doing the job that he's done for over 20 years now, has his people out there, has his staffers out there, has his bird dogs out there, uh, and, you know, has spread out his tentacles. He has people texting him and calling him all the time to say, you know what, I identified a young talent. I identified a young talent. That part of it, John Sedgwick doesn't have. But the other things, I agree with you. I, I, and and you, you, you point a valid, a really valid point, but those are the assets of Jeff Gorton. Jeff Gorton is a scout by heart, by mind. It's his eyes, it's his guts, it's his feelings, it's his talent to find talent that brought him to the NHL. So when he spoke, he said that he was looking for somebody to complement his qualities. So here we are in a situation where not only can't use share some qualities with Jeff Gorton, but he shares friendliness, so which is really important. But the Canadians already have somebody that could do the uh, administrative uh, way of work. Now, when we look besides Kent Hughes, you have guys like Mathieu Darche. Mathieu Darche's scouting abilities are certainly not as greatest qualities no he's been assistant gm for two years but he played in the nhl he can understand talent and he learned the job and he could come in as a great partner in crimes with uh kent hughes so i agree with you uh with uh, jeff uh, gorton with, kent, with jeff gorton i agree Now, 100%. We, we know one thing tony whoever yeah. respect whoever respect emily castonguay uh daniel sauvageau mathieu d'arche mark denis kent hughes We know one thing, that person will have no experience as GM. So for me, Correct. The, chem the chemistry uh, and the, the partnership that Jeff Gorton will believe will be able to develop with one of those candidates. I'll take it a step further if I can. 
I'll take it yeah. a step further. Whoever they hire based on the names that we have will not only not have an experience as a general manager, will not have experience as an assistant general manager. Now, you can tell me that Matthew Darsh is doing the job, but doesn't have the title. But what I'm getting at is has never had the title of GM or assistant GM, which leads us to believe that Jeff Gordon is, quote unquote, the GM by disguise. That does not make whoever will be named GM a puppet or, as they say, en beau français, a marionette. For sure, this person has to be respected and will come in with a baggage of experience. But this person will be mentored, shadowed, brought along by Jeff Gordon for, I would say, several years until this person is able to fly on their own wings. And maybe at one point, Jeff Gordon leaves the organization and they really have a lot more autonomy on the job. Yeah. We would agree on that. We completely agree on that. Yeah. And that's the reason why it opens the doors from some for some bolder moves. Yeah. Like it does Emily Gaston Guy has the credentials to be the Montreal Canadian GM. Maybe not, maybe not yet. But the fact is that because Jeff Gorton will be quote unquote the active GM, opens the door to her so that she could learn the ropes. Same thing for Daniel Sauvageau, same things for all the other candidates. Now Francois, think about this for a second, if I may. Let, 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 let me finish where I'm sure, going. Go ahead, do so. And and that's what I don't like into this process. You know, when you hire a VP Aki operation or a president of Aki operation, I like it the way the, the Vancouver Canucks did it, bringing a guy like Jimmy Rutherford, who's 74 years old, who is still young at heart because he has a five-year-old daughter. Okay, so he's still a kid, but he's the godfather of the one who's going to be the next Vancouver Canucks GM. So Jeff Gorton is not a 74 years old guy. He's not the godfather. He's not the consigliere that's going to just give you a little bit of wisdom and say, don't do this, Tony. Reflect a little bit more. Don't rush things. You know, Jeff Gorton will be an active VP of Aki operation. So that makes the difference. We don't see a, uh, you know, a ratio in the candidacy here in Montreal because of that situation. So all the other names, are able to jump in. Stéphane Quintal would be, for me, a great president of hockey operation. But because of Jeff Gorton' knowledge as a scout, as a uh, uh, all the aspects of the job that he's going to do, suddenly Stéphane Quintal becomes a really good candidate because he's known around the league. He has far more experience than any of the other candidates. But is he the candidate that the Canadians want? That much, I don't know. I don't think so. Uh, we're going to take it a step further without making this uh, a linguistic debate. You and I have been around the block for quite a while in this business. You longer than I have. We know, let's not be naive. We know that if Jeff Gordon's name was Gerard Gorlot, that he would be named the general manager of the Montreal Canadiens. But because he's not, they want to have a fully um, bilingual general manager. So now, when Jeff Gordon talked about a different skill set than his. I think when you brought up Matthew Darsh's name, you brought up something very interesting because what Jeff Gordon wasn't was a former player in the National Hockey League. So Matthew Darsh, Daniel Briere, Patrick Roy, Stéphane Quintal, Marc Denis, in that respect, make either of them a viable candidate because that is something 
that he didn't have being a former yeah. player himself. And players that for shorter or longer terms play with the Montreal Canadiens. Correct. I mean, Daniel Briard didn't play long and Marc Denis was into the organization just after, you know, at the end of his career and he was here to show the ropes to young kids. But still, if you look at all the names that you just mentioned, the younger generation, let's put it this way, you know, they all share that. They all share the fact that they played for the Canadians. They all share the fact that they, uh, they know the NHL the way it is right now. Magdani, in my mind, is, and even much better than Jeff Gorton, is the candidate who knows the best the Montreal Canadiens the way they are now. Because of his job as an RDS analyst on a game-by-game basis, he's the one who knows exactly why the Canadians were able to get to this cup final and why right now they are dead last in the NHL. He knows all all the reality, the background realities of the team because of his job and because of his knowledge of as a player and because he still can go into dressing rooms and get more information in there than you and I both together multiplied by 10. So for me, that's his, that is what Magdani brings. Mathieu Darche brings something different. Uh, 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 Stéphane Quintal brings something different. And that's the reason, and Daniel Briard also, because it's he's with the Flyers. And that's why in this process, all those candidates will need to sell themselves. And maybe if they don't get the job of the next Montreal Canadian GM, they will open up some space for them in another fashion. Let's put it this way. I have the utmost respect for Danielle Sauvageau for everything that she did in hockey, for the gold medals that she brought at the Worlds, at the Olympics, and with what she did to bring and raise the uh, a woman's hockey into the world, and especially here in Canada. Do I believe, Francois Gagnon, that she could be the Canadian Montreal Canadian GM tomorrow morning? No. But if I'm the owner of the Montreal Canadiens, and she performs well in that interview, I want to push on the mute button after the, uh, or during the uh, uh, the meeting and say, damn, I need that woman in my organization. So if she's not able to get the job as a GM, she could easily come in and being responsible for one of the aspects that we've been criticizing this team for long, long, long years, development. Go around. Look at the young talent. Go here. Go there. You know, look at what's going on well. Why is this guy not going up as quickly as we want? You know, she could be an asset to the Canadians, even though she is put aside on the GM candidacy part, but she's bringing inside in another aspect of the It job. should be noted that Ronald Maple Leafs have Haley Wickenheiser and Danielle Gaillette in similar positions within their management team. Look, I've said this before, Francois, and I'm going to say it again. There is no salary cap on your management team, on your pro scouting department, on your amateur scouting department. There are, of course, internal budgets, but there's no salary cap per se. I love where you're going. And if I realize throughout the interview process, if I'm Jeff Molson, Jeff Gordon, uh, Michael Anlauer, if I realize throughout the interview process that uh, there are natural born leaders there and people that can help my organization in different facets. I hire several of them 
And knowing that the Canadians are handcuffed because they usually limit themselves to bilingual people going forward, instead of losing some of those people to other organizations, I think the Canadians have a duty to actually try and develop some of those people within their organization. So, you know, I'll take it a step further. If I like Matthew Darsh, what he's saying, and I like Danny Briere, what he's saying, and I like Mark Denis, what he's saying, I know I'm only interviewing for one GM job, but I'm going to try and find a way. I'm going to try to find a way to hire all three of them. That's right. And and again, going back to that language issue. By the way, give give Jeff Gorton Grolo as a last name instead of Gorlo. That will make it nicer for you. Oh, the Grolo, I like that one. That one's very good, by the way. Very very good. Marinero, it's a sick podcast. Sportbuffshop.com for all of your officially licensed sports apparel and our sick merchandise. Like, it's going to be all right, like Shane Wright. But that's for another show. Uh, use code 615 for 15% off on all of their items. Okay, so now, Dash, Briere, Luongo, Quintal, Roy, Magdeni, Daniel Sauvageau, Emily Castonguay, Kent Hughes, possibly. There's a couple of names we haven't talked about. Number one, the name Daniel Doré comes up who worked alongside Jeff Gordon when he was the assistant general manager of the Boston Bruins. When he went to the New York Rangers to become their general manager, he brought Daniel Doré along with him. I have a feeling that in Daniel Doré, we're talking about the Montreal Canadiens' next director of amateur scouting. Well, you know what? If uh, the Canadians would have been able to speak with Martin Madden Jr., who is in Anaheim, and he is in the process for the GM over there, and the Ducks didn't give the Canadians the permission to speak with him uh, or to talk to him, uh, that so that's gives you an indication. It was that's permission tonight? I, that's my understanding. And that shows to the people that say, and you've been guilty of that a couple of times, that, you know, we only look in Montreal and we're narrowing the pool. Of course, we are narrowing the pool because you have to great, get the greatest candidate that can also speak French. There's a guy in Anaheim who would have been a great acquisition for the Canadians, but the Ducks say, no way. He's going to stay here because he's a whiz kid on the drafting aspect of the game. And we want, we developed him and we want to keep him in our organization. So if he's not the next GM, and I don't know that he's going to be or not, but one thing I'm sure of is that if he's not the next GM, he will get a boosted uh, uh, title so that he will get more responsibility. And that will explain why the Ducks didn't give permission for the Canadians to talk to him. Manson, Carlson, Anderson, Gibson, Vatanen, Palmieri, Fowler, Lindholm, Theodore, Contois, Steele, Raquel, Troy Terry, Trevor Zegras. And as the past, uh, that was as director of amateur scouting, Francois, you just touched on a candidate that I, uh, I am very impressed by his track record. Martin Madden Jr. Uh, it's too bad that permission was denied. I don't blame the Anaheim Ducks. But if permission would have been granted, I would tell you this, and I've said this before, I would give him a blank check. I would say you're my GM or you're my director of amateur scouting, whatever, but you sign the amount in your mind. Uh, I think uh, the work he's done in Anaheim is absolutely fantastic. Yeah, it is. And when you bring on the names that you brought, I mean, it's not always like the easy pick that were made. And that's when I like to look at the job of a, a, a director of scouting, you know. Of course. Uh, 
when you take the list and you're number five to pick and you pick the consensus number five pick, that's good. But when you do what uh, the uh, Florida Panthers did a couple of years ago, uh, when everybody that thought that Seth Jones would be the number one pick, uh, it go to Colorado because his dad who played for the Nuggets at the NBA star there, and he was born in, in Colorado and they needed the defenseman. Oh, suddenly Patrick Roy is there and says, Nathan McKinnon is a great guy. We should go at this guy. And, you know, So suddenly the number two pick is open for Seth Jones. I, for one, said, wow, there's a gift here for the Florida Panthers. And they bring a name like, oh, Sasha Barkov. Yeah. What? 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 No, that's a move. You know, that's a guy coming from left left field. Nobody saw it coming. And you have the guts to pick him number two. Pushing Seth Jones a little bit further down, and then Tampa brings uh, Jonathan Drouin, and finally yep. at number four, Nashville Predators were able to yep. win the lottery of Seth Jones. But a move like what they did in Florida that year, for me, that's you know that's praise to a uh, uh, to a director of scouting. But now, do you understand my whole rebuild thing? And maybe I've been going on with it for too long, but I got to tell you something. Look at Florida nowadays. They might win the cup. They might not. Look at Colorado. They might win the cup. They might not. Edmonton might win the cup. They might not. Toronto might win the cup. They might not. The reality is one team wins the Stanley Cup at the end of the year. It's obviously, probably, the most difficult trophy in all the sports to win. But, Francois, at least you're going to be entertained. And I say this. I watched Kale McCarr score an unbelievable goal last night. He was yep. the fourth pick overall in the draft. Colorado Avalanche fans, they have McCarr, who was picked fourth. They have McKinnon, who was picked first. Florida fans have Barkoff, who was picked second. Huberdeau, who was picked third. Edmonton fans have McDavid, who was picked first, and Dreisaitl, who was picked third. And Toronto fans have Matthews, who was picked first, and Marner, who was picked fourth. Once again, these teams may or may not win the Stanley Cup. But if you're the fan base and you get to watch players like this night in and night out, and that's why I want, the Montreal Canadiens to rebuild, not because necessarily it's going to bring a cup, because as many examples as I can give you of teams that have won the cup through a rebuild, you can give me as many examples as teams that have not, but at least you're going to be entertained. I mean, when was the last time the Montreal Canadiens had a 40-goal score? Vincent Danfoss? When was the last time they had a 100-point player? Mats Naslin? When was the last time they had a 50-goal score? Stefan Richer? You know, like this... It's been too long. I want, when I go to the Bell Center, if I'm paying $200 per ticket, $400 for two tickets, $38 for parking concessions, the night at the very least costs me $500. I want somebody to lift me out of my seat. And with all the respect that I have for Kerry Price and the career that he had, me personally, me, this is said with all due respect, I don't want to pay $500 to watch a still papillon or the lateral movement from left to right. I don't. I want to see someone score goals or be able to go end-to-end. That's why I want the rebuild. You know, you have a fair point there, but I will tell you respectfully that in the last Stanley Cup Finals, yes. and, and the, you know, in the first, second, third round, or third and fourth round when people were allowed to get there, you know, fans like you paid 15, 20 grand for a ticket because the team was winning. So, You're right. It's been a while since they got 100. Well, more than a while. It's been an eternity since Naslund scored 100 points and the 50 goals two seasons in a row of uh, Stéphane Richer and all those things. But when the team is winning, 
those aspects are put aside a little bit. And that's why the Canadians have no right to be where they are now. You know, you need to win. And to give your fans at least the idea that game in and game out, you have a chance to win. Unless you're not going to get the support. And this year, you know, it's been atrocious for many reasons. But it opens the door to what you've been saying. Now, you the Canadians also have to be able to I'm build. Sorry, but the Canadian picked three, two times with the number three pick. You're right. You know, two times. You know, I I know uh, Trevor Timmons for a really long time. We started in this business together in Ottawa. Yeah, a hundred years ago. He's a great and guy. He's a great guy, and yeah. he made some great picks. The problem for Trevor is that the two number three picks that he had, you know, didn't pan out. He made some great picks in third, fourth, and fifth rounds, but he made huge mistake with those picks. And his best picks in the first round that were made were traded. So Correct. it doesn't give him the chance to make sure that, you know, he was not able. And if if the Canadians would have picked Anze Kapitar in 2005 instead of Carey Price with number yeah. five pick, which I thought they would do because they were in a, you know, in a huge need of a centerman, we would get, we would have got, I think, in Montreal, a player that would have gave you three, four, five, seven season of 70 point plus, and, and maybe to get around the 90 point, maybe not 100, but I you would you. have get. So Carey Price did all that with the Canadians, but you're right. If you want spectacular goals on the other hand, and you don't like the butterfly and the look look out how it's easy to be as good as I am, it's tough to evaluate or to appreciate what price gave you. But drafting is an art. There's 90% chance of you're gonna miss, but when you have you have to maximize the 10% chance to hit a home run. And that's what they were not able to do in the first round. And that's why we are, the Canadians are in this situation right now. I'll also say that, um, you know, uh, look, I think we can all look back at the Galchenia trade, look now and say the pick probably should have been Morgan Riley, who went fifth. Uh, some people will say Forsberg. Philip, and some people, Philip Forsberg, yeah. Some people might even say Hurdle. But, I mean, when a player goes, you know, almost 20th, you can't expect that team to take him. Uh, at number three, but this is why I also think you just, you can't be bad in a couple of years where there's very average drafts, but if you're bad for three, four years, and then you make some good deals, chances are going to fall into good players. And this is why I think if the Canadians can be bad even next year, which is the Bedard and the, the Mishkov draft, and it doesn't mean they'll get the first or the second pick, but you have to get What I'm getting at is you have to get a little lucky too. When you're bad, it has to be a really good draft year. And if it's not, you have to be able to draft the best player. Well, yeah, but you, you said it. You need some luck. A couple of years ago, in the one of the worst cases that I've seen of a, a team decided to tank, the Vancouver Canucks tried to invent some ways to lose. And they came to the lottery as the favorite to win the uh, the draft lottery. They lost it. And they fell down to five or seven. I don't remember exactly. And they picked a guy named Elias Peterson. And they look so sad of picking that guy because they look at all the other guys that they would have liked. And he's probably the best of all those. That's so, a good point. So here you are, you know, you, with some, you know, some the luck of the draw 
and the luck of maybe this guy might be better at the end than and they don't know it but I, if, you know the, if the Tampa Bay Lightning would have known that Braden Point would become one of the best if not the best all-around centerman in the game right now yeah they would have not wait the third round to pick him up Oh, you're right about that. But I'll also tell you that as much as the Tampa Bay Lightning did an amazing job with drafting uh, Palat, Kucherov, Point, Kalorn, and so many others, and Vasilevsky when they did, that it all gets started with drafting Stamkos at one and Hedman at two. And so if they weren't bad for a couple of years and get the first two picks, they don't end up winning the Stanley Cups that they did. Marinaro for MatrixHomeFitness.ca. Uh, if I didn't put as much food into my mouth as I have over the past couple of years, I would not have needed the treadmill. But in a way, I'm glad that I did because I'm having so much fun. Bring it home. I built a gym at my place with my Matrix T75 treadmill with the XUR console, Francois, where I can go on Instagram and Twitter and Netflix and YouTube and have my own program What I fit. It's a beautiful thing. MatrixHomeFitness.ca. Okay. Uh, speaking of running, no, we're gonna... no, no, I'm not gonna let you with a pass like this. I can't imagine you on the treadmill watching Netflix with a big bowl of popcorn and a pop right next to it, and you know, look at your drink energy drink there. I can see you standing still there and just giving me the impression that you're working out. Netflix, popcorn, wow, that's you, my friend. I'm gonna show you something. I worked out so hard last night that this morning I didn't have the strength to take off my pajamas to put on my pants. So look. <laughs> well, I would say that you're guilty of a crime that a lot of us are doing, and I will not go further than that. <laughs> oh, man. But it just goes to show that I am working out as much as I can. Okay, so is there a candidate in ending that is not on this list that no one's talking about that we should, in your opinion? For the Habs vacant oh, GM job. Wow, that we should. Uh, right now, because of the reality of the situation, because of who is Jeff Gorton and what he's doing, yeah. I would say no. If, and it's a huge if, uh, if the situation would have been different. Uh, and we would have, uh, as a VP, uh, uh, a Jimmy Rutherford kind of guy. And my example will be bad, and you'll see where I'm going with this. Uh, I would have seen uh, a Ray Shiro type of guy in Montreal. I would have loved to have seen that. Now, because of the situation right now, there's a name that never brought up. And me, as an owner, I would have maybe liked to go and look at what was possible to do. I really like what Pierre Dorian has been doing with the Ottawa Senators with an owner that is tough to work with, yeah. with a budget that is smaller than your popcorn budget for a year and being able to rebuild and rebuild year after year with young talent, that's a name that would, I would have looked at. But yeah. otherwise, the situation, the way it is right now, I like the pool candidacy and I like, I'm, I'm eager to see who's going to end up being the next GM. Ray Shiro, whose first name is actually Rejan, by the Ray way, Jean. and not Ray. Yeah. Two very thing, two uh, very quick points here, and I know we've gone on a little long here. I pr so appreciate your time, but uh, I'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the nomination of Chantal Maccabee yeah. as VP of Communications. She worked at RDS for over 30 years. Um, I don't know about you. I was 
uh, pleasantly surprised when I saw it pop up on the Montreal Canadiens Twitter account earlier this morning. I think it's safe to say, and I'll, I'll let you pick up on this, but uh, everyone loves Chantal, and this seems like a home run. Uh, for me, it is a home run. Uh, I would uh, I would lie to you if I would have said that I knew it, that it was coming, but I had a cut feeling the day that uh, Marc Bergevin and Paul Wilson were fired. And the day that Jeff Molson said that they would open up to women in his organization, that was something that he wanted to do. For me, the name that Chantal, Chantal's name popped in my head and I say, she is the one. I never thought that she would accept the job because she's a reporter. She's a journalist at art. And that's a tough job when you're a journalist because it's not everything that you are able to say. And we dig for information and she dug for information for many years. Now, I spoke to her today and I congratulate her. I was not able to hug her because of COVID and because we were on the phone, but I will do it. And what convinced me that she was the person for the job is that before saying yes, she took a long period of time to think about it and to make sure that Jeff Molson, France Margaret Belanger, who is, you know, is actually acting chief officer, Jeff Gorton were all on the same page and said, you will let me do what I need to do. You will let me open the window to fair communication, open up things with reporters. She's been on, I will say, the good side of the force for years. And she knew exactly how tough it was to sometimes grab some info and to make sure that we would know the truth instead of talking about supposition and rumors. And if she said yes to this job, I am convinced that she said yes because the owner, France-Margaret Belanger and Jeff Gordon said yes, we will follow you where you want to go. And for me, that's a great news for her because it's a great job. It's a huge job. Yeah. Uh, the challenge is immense. But if somebody can do it, she's the one. And nobody at your radio station, my TV station, our friends at the other TV, and I'm not putting any names here voluntarily. Yeah. All the papers, whatever name, whatever language, yeah. all the radio stations. Everybody will respect her, and nobody was going to say if somebody gets a news, oh, of course, it's Tony because of Chantal. Oh, it's Gagnon. Of course, he worked with her for many yeah. years at RDS. That's not going to be the case. She will open up things so that we will not, or that, you know, the things will not come from the left field. It will be an open process. And for me, I'm happy for that. And it's going to be very interesting to see how much time she will be in how much time she will be able to get there. Chantal is very smart and she knows that the media should be used as an ally and be considered an ally and not the entity or anything else. And through the media, <clears throat> we can get the team closer to the fans. If we allow the media to do their job, I think she's going to do a fantastic job. You said you were surprised that she took it, but in a way it's pretty hard to say no when the Montreal Canadians come calling I know she's going to do a great job. In ending, it's 10 seconds and that's it. Yeah. Out of all the candidates that we talked about, if there's one that will not be granted a second interview, and you don't have to tell me why, but if there's one that doesn't make it past the first round of the interview process, give me one name. 
Patrick Roy. On that, we end the sick podcast for today. François Gagnon of RDS, merci beaucoup. I really enjoyed this conversation. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. You can follow us on Instagram at The Sick Podcast, on Facebook at The Sick Podcast. Listen to us on iHeartRadio and join us on YouTube. Subscribe. It's absolutely for free until we do it again next time. Merci, François. Bye-bye. Salut. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow The Sick Podcast on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by Cherry River Hard Seltzer. Only 90 calories, natural flavors, and no preservatives. Now available in Quebec Grocers and The Beer Store.